All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. It's Gridiron Zero's podcast, uh, episode fifty-three. Uh, we've been doing <laughs> we've been dealing with a lot recently, uh, which is why we have not put it on an episode uh, since week three, week four. Um, but we're back, and we're better than ever. Yeah, you know we we had one in the chamber we recorded last week, but literally neither one of us could get to it. That's that's how much yeah. shit's been going on. We actually recorded one. No one put it together. Here we are. We're gonna try it again this week. So that's the lost episode. My, uh, we have our first lost episode. How about that? That's fun. There you go. There you go. Uh, my monkey brain could not figure out how to edit uh, a podcast. So yeah, that one just died in the weeds. I don't know. Luke, yeah, Lucas was uh, like, "No, no, I'll, I'll I'll take care of it," and he's like. Nah, you know hey, what? I... I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go golfing. Uh, I'm not gonna do this. Forget this. Uh, hey, how do I open my laptop, Al? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you just oh. open it. Oh God, I'm I'm gone. I forgot it. But hey, Sorry. it's all good. We're here. It's all good. Uh, we're here. We got two new segments. Um, we have who needs what. Um, where we try to pair teams with what they need. And then uh, we have at what point? At what point do we start taking some seams, uh, some seams, some teams seriously? <laughs> uh, we do follow the money. Al is red hot on my tail now, uh, as he uh, had a nice bounce back week. And then uh, we cap it off uh, with a lion segment. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> lion segment is as reasonably optimistic and pessimistic. As they deserve. <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. But uh, let's not waste any more time. Let's go ahead. Let's get right into it. All right, Al. We got two new segments this week. And uh, you have one, I have one. Uh, yours is what again? Who needs what? Who needs what? Okay. Uh, I'll give you a, a good one here. The NFL schedule makers need to get a grip. <laughs> uh, Thursday night specifically. I understand that everybody has been bamboozled by this Denver Broncos team. But... Whoever put them in primetime games four times in the first six weeks, they've had a Monday night game, they've had a Sunday night game, they've had a Thursday night game, and I think they had another Sunday night game or something like that. Or what did they just play? They played on Monday night? They've had two Monday night games. And a and Thursday been, night game also, I believe. Yeah, because it was the worst game of the year. Yeah. Thursday night game. They had yeah. four. No, no, no. The, they didn't have that one. They had, um, I think... They had the one against Indy like two weeks ago. Yeah, that was Thursday night football, and it was the worst game of the year. Yeah, all of them have been atrocious, and we're getting them again well, next Sunday in London. It's not. It's not. You know, it's not the schedule makers' fault initially. I mean, like Russ going back to Seattle, slam dunk. Rat Ryan yeah. and him slam dunk. Like on paper, he's all sounded really good, but now looking at it, like wow, they're unwatchable. But at the same time, spread them out. Like, why? Why are they all jam packed in the f- like first half of the season? 
Like, give us a break from Denver. I'm so sick of hearing about Hackett and Wilson. It's hilarious to watch them because they're so bad. They're such an incompetent offense. But their defense is... I can't remember a team besides the Cardinals the year before they got Kyler Murray where they had Steve Wilkes, the head coach. I can't remember a team in that long that it was like the coach has pretty much already been fired before the season's like even oh, remote. God. You know what I mean? Like he's a dead man walking already. I mean, like he there's is. no way that unless unless they run the table here and win every single game and Russell Wilson turns the year around and becomes like an MVP vote person. Uh, I think Nathaniel Hackett's tenure as the head coach is uh, going to be over after this year because right now the Broncos' investment is looking very bad for everybody involved, and they have new owners too. So uh, yeah, I'm sure they're going to really take a look. You know, that time comes, but yeah, the schedule's been mm, the the most of Thursday nights been terrible. I mean, that Bears Bears Commanders game last week was a joke. Joke. I don't understand how somebody looks at the schedule and says, put that on Thursday night, put that in front of everybody. If I was Amazon and I knew a damn thing about the NFL, I would be like, no, give us a different game. Give us. And they, they tried, they tried to uh, be like, look, well, the bears got their orange helmets in this game. Like to get people to watch. It's like, uh, okay. Like who cares <laughs> at all? Yeah. Amazon really got the raw end of the deal. They had one Thursday night game that wasn't on Amazon, and it was the Rams and Bills, which was a good game for the most part. Uh, uh, And then since then, I think they've had one good Thursday night game, and that was the Bengals and the Dolphins. And that one was even. I I believe uh, even worse for Amazon is that I don't think they had the first Rams Bills game, I think, because it was oh, the kickoff game. NB- NBC had it, yeah. So they've yeah. had garbage the entire year. So they've had garbage. All four the broadcasts have been pretty good. I'm, like honestly, like I've I've liked uh, I've liked the broadcast crew that they have. The, like the broadcast like package looks great. Like all the talent on air has been good. These are terrible games. Like I don't yeah, know, the just... on air talent is really good. They did a good job recruiting. Whitworth is good. Uh, Sherman is good. Greg or uh, Fitzpatrick's it. Uh, grand slam. I mean, he's phenomenal as a media personality. I'm uh, I'm going to jump into my next one here. Um, Texans need a plan. Uh, so they fire their GM, Jack Easterby, the former pastor, the guy from New England. Uh, he yeah. got the boot on Monday. Um, and yeah, it seems like they it's the it's the least uh, brainwashed uh, cult like move I've seen them make. It's actually a move that made sense, uh, unlike most of the moves they've made in the recent uh, recent years here. So for me, if I'm a Texans fan, I'm going, all right, what's the plan? Because <laughs> like, why would you fire him now and not at the beginning of last off season? And who's your quarterback? And who's your coach? Like, really? Like, is Lovey Smith the guy? Like, their division's not very good. And, like, you know, this could have been – they could have been better a lot more quickly if they had the right pieces in place. And it's like, what is the plan here? And I'm – as a Lions fan, someone who's very used to not knowing what the plan is, I feel like they're in a very similar spot. Hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, they are definitely in limbo right now. I There is absolutely zero direction from the team. They're still very competitive as a football team. Like, a lot of their games, I feel like they're in. It's just a matter of them not having the talent to go win those games. But Damian Pierce is... I was going to say, yeah, he's kind of a bright spot. Yeah, he's been really good. Brandon Cooks is still producing. Uh, I mean, Davis Mills, while he won't go win you games, sometimes he won't lose you games. I mean, that game against Jacksonville a couple of weeks ago was pretty impressive. But I mean, like, yeah, I, I just I think they got a little bamboozled by, by, by Davis Mills. I think that they kind of were, yeah, and we talked about it on the podcast in the offseason a little bit. We're just like, his stats are pretty good. Like, amongst the rookies last yeah. year, he had some of the better stats. They were maybe arguably the best stats, which is besides Mac Jones, maybe, but it's like really surprising. And then this year, I feel like it hasn't really been the case so far. It's still pretty early. But if I'm them, uh, I'm looking to the draft and a nice quarterback year. Let's go get the guy at the top five and let's try this whole thing again and let's just eke this one out this year. I think the whole thing is going to be completely rebooted. But it's just the timing's strange. So the Texans need a plan. And see what you got with Damian Pierce because that dude seems legit. He does. He does 100%. It's a shame that they won't they probably won't have a rebuild together by the time his contract's up and they'll probably have to let him walk, right? Because yep. unless you can get him for a good deal, because you obviously you shouldn't pay running backs. I mean, this guy's a rookie. And he's a well, when your team's that bad, who else do you got to pay? Yeah, exactly. If the rebuild's there and they got to make decisions, then, I mean, it just it makes sense to let him walk, you know? Um, I believe they're currently last in the AFC South, which is saying something. Really, I mean, everybody pegged them to be last in the AFC South. We didn't think this division would be that bad, though. I don't think. No, I mean the whole division is yeah very bad. Uh, okay, the NFC needs to get it together. I think I'm trying to count it in my head right now, and I could be wrong, but I think there's four. AFC teams or NFC teams that are over 500 at the moment. And three of them are in the fucking NFC East. Wow. It's the uh, Eagles, Giants, Cowboys, Vikings. Those are the four that I can think of. I don't think there's anybody above 500 in the South or the West. That's how you know something screwy when the NFC East is like the cream of the crop. Like usually they're like the, they're the total like, dog division not the total dog but like they're pretty you know all over the place definitely not the cream of the crop in a normal year no no nobody expected them to to be this nobody expected the giants to be this good nobody expected dallas to be sitting at four and two while dak has been out i don't think anybody expected the eagles to be six and oh i don't i mean i feel like you and i probably had a good idea that the vikings were going to be good but i mean did either one of us really think they'd be sitting at five and one at this point but what's even crazier is did anyone expect the green bay packers to be three and three did anybody expect the tam bay buccaneers to be three and three anybody expect the la rams to be three and three the 49ers to be three and three all the juggernauts in the nfc do not look like juggernauts at all i think the the only one would be San Fran, but the reason being that everyone thought Trey Lance was going to be still playing at this point, which is why yeah. they might be struggling out the gate. So maybe they get a hall pass for being three and three. 
Uh, they're also yeah, the other teams. They always. I was going to say. I mean, yeah, they're yeah. dealing with an ungodly amount of injuries. But yes, like you said, they always are. No, but the other teams. I mean, I, really, like Green Bay. Like, if I was to pick between Green Bay and Tampa as to who's the more surprising three and three and seemingly kind of lost at sea team, uh, I think it's the Bucks. To be honest, I know that Tom Brady. Yeah. His offseason was, you know, a little controversial for him, but like in recent weeks, it's it's kind of been a very public like meltdown of like how bad things are going. Uh they're trying to play it off like it's fine and everything's cool. I watched a clip of Tom Bowles addressing the media about Brady getting special treatment and not having to be at a Saturday practice before a game in Pittsburgh because he was at a wedding. And he's like, yeah, lots of guys get special treatment. They just don't get as much publicity as Tom Brady. But it's like, he's Tom Brady. He's mm-hmm. like, he's right. Do they? And also, are they your star quarterback, the leader of your team, yeah. the guy who's going to take you to the promised land or to even the playoffs at this point? Uh, they're the more surprising team for me to have a total meltdown. But this actually perfectly segues into my next point. So I'm just going to take the uh, baton here. Uh, yep. the Packers need a spark uh, and this will be my last one and this one it's for me is like I don't know what the spark is to be honest because I watched the whole Jets game pretty much and uh, I watched the post game comments with Rogers saying we need to simplify the offense to the media and then Matt LaFleur coming out and saying yeah, I don't know what that means when Rogers said that comment. He said straight up, I don't know what that means. Uh, so, like, I think we were kind of thinking that the spark needed to be go trade for a receiver or go sign Devontae Adams or do X thing to bring a player in to give the offense some juice. Uh, but, like, uh, is that going to be enough at this point? Like, I, I feel like. I feel like this thing is headed for Rogers resigned in last season, but I feel like this is headed for a one and done here very quickly. I feel like it's like the times are changing in green Bay. So they need a spark from somewhere to either get this thing back on track or to potentially, I don't know, maybe trade Aaron Rodgers to the deadline and see what you got with Jordan love for real. I'm being really, I mean, like they, they, they need something. And because, because here's the thing, Matt LaFleur is not going anywhere. A hundred percent. He's not going anywhere. They can easily fire him. If Rogers went up to the GM and said, it's either, it's either LaFleur or I'm uh, retiring. They'll, they'll fire LaFleur. Come on. No, they won't because, because they are, they are now at a point. I think they're at a point where they're going, we've had enough of, of the circus. Like, like Aaron Rodgers is not the Packers. Aaron Rodgers is like 39 years old. He's maybe going to be there for another year or like his contract was for three. Like, and clearly it's not enough. Like, and LaFleur has been the best, like his start to his Packers tenure or even an NFL coach tenure has been phenomenal. And like, he's still a young guy and like clearly is trying to make the Packers the best they can be. Aaron Rodgers is all about me, all about the drama. So I would absolutely think they would keep LaFleur over over him for sure at this point. Maybe two years ago, 
I'd agree with you. But right now, I think the Packers are done, and especially the start to the season that they've had. Rodgers being part of the problem, too. I don't know. So I think they need a spark. I don't know what it is. Maybe it is just as simple as a receiver, and that helps them out a lot, and they get their mojo back, but it's a mess. It's a mess to three and three, and they're in a division that should easily have one of the better records. Uh, gentleman's bet. I, I think LaFleur gets fired before Rodgers would walk. I'll take you on that all day. Yeah. And, in the uh, year 2022, uh, I'll take you on that all day. <laughs> they desperately need something. I mean, they got Molly whopped by the Jets on this past Sunday. They um, look really good. Straight up, the Jets yeah. are really good in that game. Uh, that that is a perfect segue into uh, at what point? Uh, here's the first question. Now we're going to go team by team here. At what point do we start taking the Jets as a serious contender for the playoffs? Now, let me, let me say that. Now, you think yeah, so? Yeah, now after yeah back to back big win, especially against Green Bay in Lambeau, and you got Zach Wilson back. You're Sauce Gardner, like we've been talking about, is the real deal. This defense is actually starting to show out. They look really good. The offense is just starting to click. Like, I'm buying stock now on these guys. I think it's uh, – I think they, they got a gauntlet, I think, in the next couple of weeks, though. They got a tough schedule. But, man, they're 4-2 and two after what I thought was one of the toughest first couple of weeks in the league. Yeah. 4-2 and two, uh, upcoming against Denver in Denver, which will be an interesting game, Two defenses that are playing out of their mind currently uh jets also are probably i think they have the front runners for both offensive and defensive rookie of the year you mentioned sauce gardner Brees hall has also come alive here in the last couple of weeks back-to-back hundred yard games uh with the touchdown i mean it's it's a they're one of the youngest teams in the nfl and they're playing like this uh it's it's really tempting to not say uh that they won't make the playoffs this year uh, the AFC is stacked is the is the only thing that they got going against them. But like, who knows? Really, I mean, I I think what they're doing right now, they got a shot for sure. I mean, they're only a game out of the AFC East. I mean, if the Bills lose here and the Jets win on Sunday, which I, I can't remember, no, the Bills are on bye. So uh, I mean, it, I, anything can happen any given Sunday, but. You know, we very well could be sitting here two weeks from now saying, oh, my God, we believe that the Jets are atop the AFC East seven weeks, eight weeks into the season. I mean, it would be incredible. Crazy. Uh, the neighboring team, at what point did we start taking the 5 and one New York Giants serious? I think the narrative with them right now is that, yes, they're 5-1, and one, and they've won a lot of big games. Uh and they've been close wins and just they've outplayed other teams. But, like, I don't know if I really am a believer in the talent because the second Saquon Barkley inevitably goes down because he always gets injured, who is this offense, really? Like, Daniel Jones and and Kadarius Toney and, like, Kenny Galladay and I don't know. They don't even but, play. Yeah. I mean, it really runs through Saquon, so – He's gonna he's gonna hit a wall at a certain point, or, or other teams are just gonna scheme for him. But they, 
I think when teams got to start taking them seriously, they're going to seriously start scheming for Saquon Barkley. I think that a lot of people coming into the year thought they were one of the cupcake teams with a new coach. They don't got to worry about it that much, but that's how they've, you know, got a couple, like, dog wins. So I, I need to see a little bit more from them, even though the record's really good. I, I do – I am a big fan of what they're doing, but, like, I just – I don't think it's – I don't think we're at the point where we can anoint them uh, like a really – Tough team. NFC stinks, though. That's a big part of it, too. They're, NFC is terrible, so maybe they are for real. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I think their defense is pay, playing above grade right now. Um, they have now had back-to-back weeks. You know, what's really impressive about this win this past Sunday against the Ravens, well, not only did they did the Ravens blow another 10-point lead, <laughs> In the second third, half, which is third just, this year, I think, which is crazy. Incredible. I think so. Yeah. Which is astronomical. It's it's hilarious. Um, but you know, they kept Lamar in check for the most part. I think they only would they give up 20 points around there. And the week before that, they were in London keeping Aaron Rodgers in check only to 20 points. And that was another comeback win. You know, they just hang around. They're able to stay in the fight until the end and then it's I, I don't know if it's the, the coach's mentality, but they just outwork teams in the fourth quarter, which I mean, like it's such a valuable thing. But how sustainable is that moving forward in a in an eighteen week season? I mean, if if you're given it, I mean, every team's given it one hundred and ten percent every week. But you know, if you're hanging around and you're not getting leads early on and not holding them, you know, you're not going to be able to sustain these wins moving forward. It's just not. So, they have to figure out a way get in front of it and then sit on it, which I think they would be sensational at sitting on a lead. If, uh, if you're a Giants fan and let's say they, they, they started five and one, but their final record is like eight and nine. Like they really fall off. Like it really, like the wheels kind of fall off, but they win a couple more. It's just, they're not a, a very good team. Like, how are you feeling about the season? Because like you had a great start, but yeah. I'm, well, I, I feel like that's a lot better than we expected. I think you and I both had them with like three or four wins on the year. So it would be an upgrade yeah. like on that, but we had a pretty epic start five, and, you know, start five and one and go three and eight. That would be, that'd be horrible. What's your next one? What's your next uh, one? At what point did we start taking the fourteen to one to win the division? Three and three, Seattle Seahawks. Who's currently tied for the lead in that division, by the way? Never. I don't know, Never. man. I do not know. You, you watched Geno play like Kyler Murray in a Lions game, and then play pretty well in a Saints game, and they lose Rashad Penny, and, and now you're like, yeah, I don't know. I just. I don't know. I think the division is kind of a mess right now, but like I think I got a lot more faith that the Rams and the Cardinals would rally and the Niners would all rally and start to figure their lives out than the Seattle Seahawks winning the division. I still don't think it's going to happen. I mean, did you see some of the throws that Geno was making in that Saints game? I I did see some of the highlights in the Saints game. The Cardinals game, I I did not see much of anything, but Cardinals game was a step back, but he didn't lose them the game. He put them in a winning position. But some of the dude, Gino, yeah, a good year, really out of year. his 
mind this year. Some yeah. of the throws that he was making in the Saints game, I mean, it looked like he was a top five quarterback. I mean, he was dropping it into double coverage on a dime. It was incredible. But I don't know what it is about the Seattle team, but they're they're very similar to that Giants team where like they are not an easy win like we thought. They're, they're just dogs. Win. They're just dogs that are hanging they in are. there and they're like and it's it's an us versus everybody mentality and I think Pete Carroll I think he like thrives on that shit. I think he like that's like his his bread and butter. So, yeah. Makes sense that they're better than we thought they would be, but I mean, dude, if they made the wild card, are you believing for a second that they're going to advance into the playoffs? Like, I don't know. I'm not going to rule it out. I'm not going to rule it out. That's Because, listen, here's the thing. Dear math bitch. I'm going to say they, they also have a very easy schedule ahead of them. The Eagles, they probably will not be dogs in the game for the rest of the year. I'm going to say that they That's have the scary. one seed. I'm going to say that they have the one seed blocked. Like they Vikings have a legit are, shot at seventeen. Yeah, Vikings are on are on their ass for sure, but um, yeah, 100%. they're definitely number one. The Vikings are an interesting team right now. They're playing very well, but a lot of I mean, a lot who of have they beat they beat. Yeah, a lot of a lot of not Lions, very good matchups. Packers, so they swept their division already, which, as they should, uh, they beat the third string Miami Dolphins barely. Yeah, well, beat- that's the other thing. They, they barely beat anybody. Like they're not like they're not blowing teams out or anything like that. They're not be like dominating other so teams. Just like most- they're they're scrapping out wins, which is great. I mean, that's what you got to do, but yeah. they're not a dominant team yet. So if you're talking. Ta- I would say that Minnesota has a very good shot to win the second seed. If Seattle sneaks into the playoffs at the seventh seed, and it's they're going to Minnesota to play the Vikings in the, the wild card round, I'm not ruling them out at all. I would well, I they do give them a shot to beat the Vikings. They definitely fit the mold of the uh, of the upset team in the playoffs, like the ones who's going to be a heartbreaker. That makes a lot of sense. One hundred percent. They did it to- right now. Giants too. I think Giants also fit that mold at the moment. One hundred percent. I mean, the the Seahawks did it to the Vikings a couple of years ago when Blair Walsh missed that chip shot. I mean, the story writes itself, man. You're going right back to it. Uh, those were the three teams I had. I feel like those are the three most fascinating teams in the NFL at the moment. Um, yeah, lots of sauce. What do you say? Yeah, absolutely. What do you say we jump into Follow the Money and start talking about a little gambling? All right, Al. Uh, year-to-date records. Uh, I am 7-8. and eight. We missed last week. Uh, you are 6-9. and nine. So you're right on my tail now. All right. Thank God. I really need a turn around there. Solid 2-1 week uh, two weeks ago. So on the board this week, I have for over-unders, Tampa Bay heading to Carolina at 40 and a half. Uh, Kansas City traveling to San Francisco at 48 and a half. Pittsburgh traveling to Miami for Sunday Night Football 
at 44 and a half, which will be Ugly an interesting game. Yeah, uh, Tua coming back. By the way, uh, in the spread, can he pick a plane? Uh, he got shepherd. the he he got a concussion last so. week. Is he he's playing? Okay. Um, for the spreads, Houston is traveling to Las Vegas to face the Raiders. The Raiders are a seven-point favorite in that game. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts are tra- traveling to Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee being a two-and-a-half-point favorite there. Finally, this is a interesting game, to say the least. Uh, Cleveland is heading to Baltimore, and Baltimore is a six-point favorite there. Finally, the money line line section uh, is the are they for real section of the week. Uh, The New York Jets, uh, minus 105, heading to Denver. That is basically a pick-em at this point. That's why uh, it is not positive money. But um, an interesting turn of events, the 5-1 Giants are plus 140 dogs uh, heading to Jacksonville. And then uh, the Seattle Seahawks are plus 200 going up against the Los Angeles Chargers, which I'm not ruling them out of that game either. We haven't seen. Yeah, I was going to say that's that's got to be your lock of the week at this at this point. Like we have not seen anything from the Chargers that would make me think that. Well, one Seattle can't cover the spread. It's a pretty big spread. It's like seven points, I think. And honestly, I, I feel like Seattle can win that outright. I don't know. Well, you might as well take it first off the board since you're up, I believe. No, no, we do, we do week week by week. So you went two more oh, the last time, so you go first. You, the board is yours. Okay, okay. Um, no, I, I don't know about Seattle, but uh, I'm going to ride this Jets wave. Uh, I'm going to take them going into Denver. Uh, I think Denver's going to continue to melt down, and I think the Jets are on the – opposite trajectory they're on the upswing um i'm not going to go with my uh algorithm of picking the opposite of what i feel like this time for this one i really do think the jets are going to go in and uh it did it did so maybe i'll do a little mix and match with it but i'm feeling the jets in this game well i think now that it's got you right you you just ride that wave and now you just start picking again right you just got to fade yourself one it gets you I'll right, do a little. You... I'll do a little A, a little B. You know, we'll, we'll take a couple that we're not really jiving with, but that one I feel like I got to go with. Uh, just a heads up on that one. Uh, Russell Wilson might not be playing in that. His PR oh, even team better. Is, his PR team is well. I don't know. I mean, uh, that worries me a little bit. But why? Uh, Who's their backup? Like Brett Rippian or whatever his name is. I mean, who cares? Who cares? Yeah, that's yeah, actually very fair. Against the Jets defense that's been explosive. They just shut down Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I shouldn't be worried about anyone. My lock of the week is the under in that game. Okay. Those are two. It's already down to 39 and a half. Uh, and you're going with the under? Board, so we're not. Yeah. Okay. The under okay. in that game, especially if Russell Wilson doesn't play. I mean, 39 and a half is, is low. That's really low. Whoa. But I mean,. I don't think if 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 that overhit, you know what that means? The Jets scored thirty nine points, and the Broncos got a field goal. Which I, <laughs> they're not scoring yeah. thirty nine against that Broncos defense. That Broncos defense is stout. Um, very low total, but again, like 
I, I don't see either team being able to score a touchdown in that game. <laughs> if Russ doesn't play as the Broncos, I almost want to lose because, like, what if they they win against one of the hotter teams and it's like, oh my God, is Russell Wilson the problem? <laughs> you don't want that chatter to start at all. I mean, that's the chatter going on in Seattle now. Like, that offense looks a lot better with Geno Smith playing. And now everybody's like, oh, Russell's the problem. Please uh, I'm going to go with the over in San Francisco and Casey. Hello, I like money. Yeah, that's a weird one. I don't know. I think the Chiefs by themselves can get the over. So if the 49ers show up at all, I think you got a chance to cover that. But it's kind of 49ers, weird. 49ers. 49ers, I think, are still dealing with some pretty key injuries on defense. Uh, so Mahomes should have a field day. And I feel like Shanahan always schemes well against the Chiefs. Uh, I Except think, for when he lost them in the Super Bowl. But, yeah. Well, I mean, even then, I mean, he schemed pretty well on offense. I mean, they were I guess off. that's true. It came out of the wire. That's true. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think Garoppolo will find some success. Uh, against this Chiefs defense that has been pretty damn good recently too. Uh, You're also saying this is a per- as, as a team that, that lost the Falcons last week too. You're still feeling that? Yeah. Right? I, I, that team should have been in at what point because that team is scrappy as hell. Six and zero against the spread. By the way, they've covered every game. Wow, you should ride that way. Damn. Um, okay, well I'm going to go with an over under. Also, I'm going to go with the over for the Pittsburgh-Miami game. And this is one of the ones where everything in my being is telling me, no, it's an under, but I'm gonna mix and match a little bit here with, with, with my intuition. So let's go with the over in this. I think it's gonna be two Fair. backup quarterbacks. Well, at least one backup quarterback. I guess Kenny Pickett's been cleared to play. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, I don't know, Pittsburgh's offense has been up and down. I guess without two with Miami offense isn't as good. So that's my best argument for it. I feel like the books are trying to bait me into taking the Giants money line. Because that, I mean, like, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, right? Five and one Giants coming off two big wins. Going to Jacksonville, who's coming off three straight losses. Might be reeling a little bit. Trevor Lawrence put up a good game on Sunday, but still got the L. Yeah, that. that... That feels like a trap game. That feels like a trap game. Right? Yeah. Uh, because you know every jabroni who's opening a sports book, sports book app this weekend is going to go, oh my god, the 5-1 Giants are playing against the Jaguars? Oh, I'm going to hammer that money line. You know yeah, it's going to happen. So yeah. I'd stay away. Um, fuck, man. All these spreads suck, too. You, you can double dip. You don't have to. You don't have to go with the spread if you want to. I, I found the beauty of the board. The Colts okay. have been riding a little too high recently. I'm taking the Titans. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that. Titans need to start rattling off some wins here too if they want to reclaim this division. They need to like, well, I guess they're kind of in control at the moment, but like to really run away with it, they need to string together a bunch of they wins here. Going. And especially against a division rival who is not very good. What is that? Is that a primetime game or what? What's the deal on that? No, it's a 1 p.m. Rightfully buried in the 1 p.m. slot. Thank God. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right, for my last pick, uh, I'm going to stick with the over-unders. Uh, I don't like the spreads at all. Um, I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Carolina under 40 and a half. Hello, I like uh, money. Because uh, I, I think these are both two teams where the wheels are kind of falling off. I think the Bucks are going to get this win because the Panthers, number one, they stink. And they're they're spir- truly spir- uh, spiraling out of control. Uh, but Absolutely. I still don't think it's going to be a, a fire show from them. I think they'll just they'll get the win. I think forty and a half is pretty, it's pretty generous. Uh, yeah, I, I think so too. Um, the only thing that worries me, but it also doesn't worry me, is that this could be a get right game for Tom. Uh, but the reason it doesn't worry me was because last week was supposed. To That's be what I was gonna say. Game. Yeah, haven't we and been saying that, that he's had some get right games, and then it's not been getting right? No. It has not been getting right. It's actually been getting worse, <laughs> which well, is hilarious. They got the Panthers with, uh, you know, Steve Wilkes is the head coach. P.J. Walker is the quarterback. Who knows if Christian yeah. McCaffrey will be a Panther by the time of this game. I don't know. Yeah, give me the Bucks. Robbie uh, Anderson. Didn't Robbie gone. Anderson get traded? Cardinals. Yeah. He got dealt to the Cardinals. Cardinals. Yeah. We can talk about that. Um. All right. Uh, well, I would be a fraud if I didn't take this last one. Uh, you know, we gotta we gotta throw this in there uh, just for dramatic effect. Of course. Give me them Seahawks plus two hundred going into Los Angeles to beat the Chargers. What the fuck is this piece of shit? Uh. Chargers coming off a short week. Um, they don't have to go anywhere, but as we all know, that stadium does not get filled with Chargers fans. No. That stadium gets filled with opposing fans, and there is no better fan than the Seattle 12th man. They're, yeah, they're almost as obnoxious as the Philly fans or the Lions fans. So, yeah, they Absolutely. fit right in. <laughs> actually, the, the 12s so, are a different kind of annoying, actually, to be honest. They're a different kind. They're, of they. I feel like they come across very entitled. Yeah. That's that's my thing with twelfth man. Which um, is great for this year because they're they're the everybody versus us team. So. Oh uh, yeah, they're absolutely. Love that. Uh, so yeah, Seattle money line. I think Geno can get it done against this good Chargers defense. Somewhat good, pretty good, pretty good. Chargers Dude, if defense. they if they drop that game, that's like, what are we doing? If the Chargers drop, I mean, game, I, I wouldn't put it past them. I wouldn't either. They barely the Chargers, beat the they, they, Yeah, they barely win these games, so I wouldn't put it past they them. Either. Barely beat the Broncos. Lost the Jaguars. Lost to the Jaguars. Got crushed by the Jaguars at home. Yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't put it past them. And Seattle's playing good right now. They're just playing good football. Like they they seem to have their shit figured out, which is incredible for the amount of talent that's on that team. You you could not have written. A better segue because what who is an opposite team of having their shit oh. figured out? Let's get into our Detroit Lions talk. <laughs> Let's go! Lions! All right, uh, Lions talk. Uh, we're coming off the bye. Uh, we missed a couple games. Uh, we missed the loss to. Uh, when was the last time we, we put out an episode? We missed the loss. We have, to, we have not talked about the Vikings loss. 
no, the... I think we did, didn't we? Oh, but mm, no. Maybe we didn't. Maybe we didn't. Yeah, I no, think we I didn't. think we're we three games out plus the bye week, yeah. so four yeah. the last four weeks of Lions yeah. football, which is uh, shocking, but so yeah. You know what? Those three losses, they happened. Uh, it was pitiful for the most part, each game in their own way. Uh, one game, you know, like bad end game. Uh, the next one, horrible defense. The next one, horrible offense. Uh, so, yeah, well, you know, we kind of mutually agreed that we kind of just want to uh, blanket statement those three games and then kind of look at everything post by week here in this week's episode. But I did want to give a special shout out to our worst fears coming true that we were not only beaten, but destroyed by Matt Patricia and the New England Patriots. Um, I think we, I think we were really afraid of that outcome just because of that angle to the game. Uh, And not only did we lose, but it was the worst loss of the season by a mile because offense, the one thing we could hang our hats on, to this point so far was vacant. There was nothing. It, they scored zero points. The defense once again failed to make adjustments and Bailey Zappi looked like Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and Matt Patricia schemed up one hell of a game against the Lions. So it was uh, everything that we were hoping it wouldn't be. So I just want to give a special shout out to that specific loss. It was, really it was tough, tough to watch. watch. It was tough to watch. Um, I, I honestly, I don't even think I really had it on. I think I had red zone on most of the day just cause I knew I, I watched had- almost the whole thing. I watched almost the whole thing. It got, it got into the, the fourth quarter and I just, I started just doing laundry or something. I just turned it off. It's just, <laughs> we saw where it was gone. Uh, but it's behind us now. Uh, the bye week has come. Uh, I think we're getting some names back, which is really good. I think Amon should be healthy now. Uh, Swift should be healthy. Jerry Jacobs, I believe, will make his season debut in this next game. I think. I don't know that for a fact. I think Josh Pascal might be coming uh, and making his uh, pro debut. Uh, I think that is just about everybody that of name that should be coming back. I don't think J-Mo is making his debut be, uh, debut yet. Uh, I think that's going to be coming in the upcoming weeks, but I have been I think he's got a couple more weeks before they could, yeah, before they have to roll him out if they're going to roll him out. So I think they're going to use yeah. the bubble wrap with him, which, hey, at this point, yeah, I'm kind of on, on board with that, yeah. I think DJ Chark so, should be back. He missed a couple games. Oh, shout out to him, too, because he just had a uh, another kid I saw on Instagram, so good for him. DJ uh, Chark anytime touchdown on Sunday. That's free money. Hey, you actually you did call it a couple weeks ago when we did last talk line. You said TJ Hawkinson anytime touchdown, and that was his best game of the year to that point. So good on you for for making that one. Um, so let's uh, you know we got a lot of bad vibes out of the way the last couple weeks. Yep, going to play against the Dallas Cowboys, who are. Pretty red hot at the moment. Uh, the Cooper Rush magic is sort great. of finally uh, evaporated yeah. a little bit because they got a loss. But Dak Prescott uh, sounds like he will be good to go for this game. So what's the situation here? Is it a get right game for Dak Prescott and the Cowboys keep rolling? Or is it a 
surprise game for Dak Prescott and the Lions catch him off guard in a week where everyone is uh, not giving them a chance in hell to win this game. Uh, I think it's a good right game for Dak Prescott, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, I don't know what could have changed in that bye week to make our defense better. Um, I'm hoping something did, but until then, I'm not going to think that way. Um, the other, the other really big issue with this game is that the thing that we hang our hats on the offense, while we are getting some big names back, uh, Dallas's defense is fucking insane. Like they, yeah, they are superstars. very solid. Don't get twisted about the Eagles putting up 27 points on them, 26 points. Uh, Dallas's offense did them absolutely no favors in that game. Cooper Rush, I think, had two picks that were ended up in Dallas territory, and they went for it on like fourth and one on, on like their own 35 yard line or something. Like they were handing that game to Philadelphia. This well, defense, this is a must. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Continue. This defense is uh, stout, top to bottom. Micah Parsons is coming for that defensive player of the year. And I just whether it's Penne or Taylor Decker, they are going to have their hands full on Sunday. Well, for the Cowboys, this feels like a must-win game uh, because that you did have that little bit of, of Cooper Rush magic for a little while, even though it, it's not as poignant right now after that loss to the Eagles. But, like, if they stumble with Dak against the hapless Detroit Lions and they somehow lose that game – you're going to have Dallas fans and media all over them. Dak needs to have like a, almost a, you know, a superstar game coming back from the injury and really cementing his, because if, if they do win handily, Dak was great. And all that chatter about Cooper Rush goes away. That's all gone. It's all bye-bye. It's back to Dak. And that's exactly what they probably want, which I, who can blame them. Uh, but like, to me, this game feels a lot like last year when, not not as as personal of a connection to the game, but it feels like that that Rams game when they went to L.A. Uh, and everyone was like, "Nah, like no, like no way, like no freaking way." The Rams are rolling like Stafford against his old team, like he's going to put a bomb on them. But then they actually hung in for a little bit and actually had the lead at a point in the game and actually like looked pretty good for chunks of the game. Of course, they lost because that's what they do. But uh, it kind of has similar vibes to me because it's just like this is one of those games where they're absolutely not favored at all. I don't think they'll get blown out. I think they'll put up a fight, but it's not going to be a win this week either. So I think they're going to move to one and five, which is uh, a pretty horrible start, honestly, even for where we expect them to be like early on. I actually, you know, I think I had them pegged at 0 and 4, uh, maybe even 0 and 5 to start the year, um, possibly even worse, to be honest. Um, so while I'm not, I'm not saying that it hasn't been shocking because the amount of games that we've been in and how we've lost has been shocking, um, which I, it should, we couldn't couldn't pull any wins out of those wins is kind of the shocking part. Not that we've lost games, but it's like, we've been in games and then this is the result. That's the shocking part. Right. And it shouldn't be. Because, you know, they're the Lions, right? <laughs> but uh, something does feel different. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it would be, I, I think, you know, to your point, uh, Dan Campbell might be in his bag this game. 
Like he might just, he might say, screw it. We're going to throw everything at them. We're going to run two fake punts. We're going to do a, uh, a surprise onside kick to start the game. We're going to, you know, I don't know, pull out all the trick plays. Tom Kennedy's going to launch an 80 yard bomb for a touchdown. I don't know. I, I think you know, he has to be. I think he has to be. Yeah. Um, and here's another little factoid, which I heard a couple days ago. Uh, I believe the odds might the odds change constantly, so maybe he's further up or down on the scale now. But uh, Vegas odds have him as the fourth most likely head coach to get the can at this point, which is uh, yeah. I don't think that's going to happen unless they literally no. lose every other game in an embarrassing fashion. But like, you know, he's not invincible. I mean, he can't keep he can't keep making terrible mistakes and getting like losing close games like all year long. And I'm not saying you got to go win this game, otherwise you're fired. But like, the pressure is starting to be turned up a little bit. I feel like comparatively to where we've been with him at any other point, I feel like we've been like, okay, you know, the team stinks, they're rebuilding. What else is he going to do? He's a rookie head coach. What else? Just let him learn. But, like, now it's like, okay, it's year two, and there's zero tangible results as far as progress is going. I guess there is because you have one win compared to zero at this point, but, like, it hardly feels like it. I'm trying to remember all the year two coaches. Uh, I currently only have two in mind, but I did see a funny tweet the other day where they're comparing year two coaches and where they are now. Um, Robert Sala is four yeah. and two with the New York Jets. Arthur Smith is three and three with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, obviously, Dan Campbell's one and four, one and five. Are we one and five or one and four? One, one, and, one and four, right? One and four off the bye. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who else is a year two coach? How about a year one coach? Brian Dayball, five and one. Yeah. <laughs> Nick Sirianni, year, year two is, is yeah, six and oh. Nick Sirianni was six and zero now. Mike McDaniel is a one-year head coach, although he inherited a pretty damn good team. But they went out and they you know what? Better. You know what? For Mike Mike McDaniel's going through it right now though because of all this all this Tua stuff and like um, they've been having injury problems. Like boy, they had a hot start and Dolphins fans know that pain well. Starting hot and then just watching it all fall apart. Uh, they finished somewhere around. Eight and eight, which seems like what's going to happen. They're eight and nine, I guess, nine and eight, somewhere in that range. That seems very likely. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Dan Campbell definitely, of all those coaches we just listed, has the least to show for it at this point. And I'm not saying I'm hopping off the train. I'm just saying now is when people are going to start actually expecting to see some tangible progress because, like, it's looking pretty bad at the moment. Uh, yeah, the heat has definitely been turned up for Dan Campbell. I'll tell you, somebody somebody who will go before Campbell goes, and I think the, hot, the seat is even hotter for him right now, Aaron Glenn, uh, unfortunately. You know, like, even, yeah. even though the defense somewhat turned it around against New England, that was a third-string quarterback who hung 29 on you. Um, well, you know what? I mean, Bailey Zappi also, you know, not to play the blame game or not to be like – you know, compare ifs and whats, but like Bailey Zappi also did just light up the Cleveland Browns, who have a playoff caliber defense. So, I don't very know. true. The quarterback thing, um, maybe it's Bill Belichick. I don't know. I think it's Bill Belichick. I don't know. That guy just seems to put 
Oh God, I'm sorry. Um, Bill Belichick just seems to put guys in the right places at the right time. Um, any ideas on a wish list for this week? I only have one thing. Um, hmm. it's very small for you. Uh, let me think. Let me think. Anything? Score a touchdown because last week we had zero. <laughs> Score some points because we had zero. Uh, I, I guess I would really, I guess I would really say just like get surprise, surprise everybody with an actual effort in this game that like a close game. Like, don't get blown out by the Cowboys. I don't think they're going to win, but like, don't get blown out would be my one uh, thing. Because if that's two blots in a row, like in a row, then like you're really starting to look at some problems. I think. It's so funny you say that out. My one wish list this week is keep it close. Cover the spread. Yeah. At this point, like, yeah. my expectations for this team has sunk to the bottom, uh, which is so funny because, like, after, what, week two, I was flying high. Um, and I, it, it's crazy. Come crashing down to earth over the next three games. Um, just keep it close. I, I I don't need to see a win. I don't expect us to win this game. I low-key am expecting us to get blown out. But if they are somehow able to keep it close, I'll consider that a win in my book. I mean, a win would be great, but, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I, I think, uh, yeah. Well, I'm glad we're seeing – ro- <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm glad we're in lockstep on that, but – you know, maybe you build momentum yeah. after this week. I don't know how you build momentum when you keep losing, uh, but you know, you gotta you gotta make chicken salad sometimes out of chicken shit. So, <laughs> okay, let's wrap the show up. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for us. Thank you again for listening to Gridiron Zero podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. Uh, be sure to follow us on TikTok. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel. Carry on. Uh, you are redeemed, though, Al, because your lock of the week, and uh, I think I, it might have been the lost episode, but it might have been the last one we put out, was San Francisco. It was the lost episode. You said San Francisco <laughs> minus six and a half against the Carolina Panthers. It was never in doubt. Uh, yeah. So congratulations. We are now, as a podcast, 1-0 on Lock of the Years. And now it's on me to keep that. And, and, and the only – watch the only one we ever get right beyond an episode that was never published. <laughs> that would that be the be only one that we ever got. Like, no, we swear. Yeah. It happened. It happened one week. It happened. <laughs> we just have to let out that one little snippet and call that the lost episode. No, this is like the Disney vault. We're keeping that shit locked up, and we're never gonna, we're never gonna put it out. Actually, the Did second you, so, well, one person would ask for it, we put it out. To be honest, digitally remastered episode fifty three. <laughs> wow, episode fifty two point five. Um, I guess that's an important right. question. What do we, what do we call this episode? This is we're calling this fifty three just to keep it in line. Okay. All right. Because, I mean, like, we can't go from 52 to 54. Well, that's, Unless you that's how you that. well, that's how you build the allure of the missing episode 53. That is, that is uh, absolutely genius. Uh, no. I, I didn't say episode 53 in the intro, right? I don't think I did. You know what? If you did, that's what editing's for. We'll bleep it out. out. Yeah, bleep it out. <laughs> 
Uh, all right. So, yeah, that was episode, episode 54. 54. <laughs> yeah. Uh, awesome. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, be sure to follow us on all socials, and we'll catch you on the next one. We'll be right back.